0: Loving God, I come right now to just say thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Lord, it's been a many days of quite a bit of rain, but you didn't allow the floodwaters to rise to a point that we could not move. You did not allow things to set and break apart that yet could have but did not. And, Lord, we thank you for all the traveling mercies that you have given many of us to and from this week. And, Lord, we thank you for greatness in our children. Lord, we know that if we speak a word and we speak it in love, we know that miracles can continue to happen. So we thank God for all the transformations of the little challenging behaviors in classrooms this weekend. Little different things. And, Lord, we don't want to just lift up when there's a difficulty. We lift up all the A's, the B's, and even the C's that were just tough to get, Lord. We thank you for our children. We thank you for the school district. We thank you for all the people who are behind the scenes praying and pressing for our children to go forward. Lord, we thank you for all that you have set us this. But I ask at this time, Lord, that you move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth be a sweet meditation. Mm, God, let the words just flow down and flow out and let it pierce our spirits that we would run from this place and move into newness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to read a quote from a young african-american pastor in kansas city missouri ushers you may be seated i appreciate your diligence the quote comes from an article that says reaching the hip hop generation because we are a multi-generational church a lot of times we don't necessarily see everything that goes behind the scenes We had some people who would be considered wisdom and sage. Amen? We don't have to call the number, but they have exceeded the lifespan that God said would be a possibility, would be the expectation. Three scores and ten, that adds up to seventy. We have some folks who are living large beyond seventy. Amen. They just go to the gym. I see them working out. They work. They make me want to go and work out. I mean, they pump and iron and everything. You don't see them in the morning, but they go to this church. We have some seventy plus. I am talking people. And they asked this. I said, if they can get up and be there, I need to just run on out there. Then we have the middle age. What would be considered sometimes the sandwich generation or the baby boomers, whatever it is that you want to call yourself. And the the number moves. We're not going to talk about the number, but it moves. It can be anywhere from 30-ish. And you know that number when all of a sudden you could check on a survey. And you didn't have to check that upper box. You could check on that box that was right there, 30 to 42. But now you have to check the next box. Those would be considered the folks that are middle in the middle there. Amen? You know who we are. Holler if you know your name. You're the ones that are right there in the sandwich house. And you just try to make sure that you're not goodness gracious. I didn't think all would catch me so soon. But we're the ones that are right there in the middle. Amen? Amen. And then you have the ones that are just new adults. And some of those are considered millennials. Some of those are considered hip-hop. It just depends on when you fell into the equation. Amen? And some of them are saying various different things about their spiritual journey. So just want to share with you a quote from a gentleman. His name is Emmanuel Cleaver III. His father is, I believe, has been the mayor in Kansas City for a while, and he is the pastor, Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver III, the pastor of Centennial United Methodist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. He simply states in an article, it is apparent that the church, including, if not especially, the black church, has ignored the ever-growing hip-hop generation. To some degree, this oversight is more about the age-old resistance to change than inhospitality in the congregation. The church does not prohibit the hip-hop generation's admittance into worship or refuse them invitation for membership But they don't necessarily offer them what it takes to feed their spiritual hunger. If the church refuses to meet this generation where they are right now, they're not sure they want to come to worship at all. Turn to your neighbor and say, Welcome to worship. Believe it or not, young people don't necessarily appreciate that act. That's a middle-aged group, people. You know, we still like to chat with each other. The younger people want to kind of slip in, ease up in the back, don't say too much to me, but love anyhow. Can I get an amen from somebody in that generation below the box where you check off at 42? Amen? There are Some of us that are in here, I've just recently gone to the other box, and I'm. Some days I'm a Just you know, I just say I left that box of 42 entirely too early. But God says that we are to mature. God says that we are to grow. God says that we are to step up and move and invite others to come. Right. For you see, it's not just the music. It's not just the invitation. It's the awareness that says. I am part, not of tomorrow, but of today. Well, you see, millennials and hip-hop generations, they were born with microwaves already in their house. And you may say, well, pastor, what does that have to do with the subject of love? They like it fast. They like it now. They don't like too much frozen vegetables, peas and carrots, and all that other stuff does it come at the burger king can i get it through a drive-through can i meet you and have a little coffee and chit chat and sit down and then we can talk about our things? and can i do it kind of casual you see, today I didn't wear a robe because I felt like if I could preach this message to a generation that maybe has not yet arrived. Somebody was saying the pastor preached every now and then with no robe on. All
1: right.
0: And you may say, well, what does that mean? Because the generation that is seventy plus, that robe means one thing, and the generation that is twenty-five and below, that robe means something else. They think I'm Judge Judy.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm from Court TV. Because that's the only time they see that kind of authority in a world, in the name of Jesus. And that's not what attracts tricks But there is a mid-ground, there is a room to be inclusive, to bring it all generation. That's why when you look around this room, you ought to be able to say, Hmm, there's some small children, some teenagers, and you see, they, they get closer to the door. And flash, when you get on the other side of 80, some of them get closer to the door for a different reason. Amen? Amen? We have reasons that we sit close to the door. We have things that change and transform in our bodies that cause us to have other kind of needs. But then there's other times when young families will keep the children close to the door just in case they have to be a tighten-up. I told you to sit down. And I ain't having that no more. You need to tighten up in here. They are still tightening up parents and tighten up young parents, still bring their parents their children to church. Yes. So what does this have to do with love? Well I'm glad that you asked. Because if we're gonna reach the community that we are currently in, we have to wake up and say, This one question. Turn to your neighbor. Neighbor? Yes. Everybody don't look like you. Yes don't look like me. But they all need to know Jesus. To know Jesus. Turn to another other neighbor. Okay.
1: neighbor.
0: Neighbor? That's kind of how it I thought everybody knew Jesus. And the reason I say that is because I need to set the ground and foundation. There was a time in the black church that the living breath of our life was the church. We lived it, we breathed It was our social space, we were kidding all the time, and we couldn't go nowhere else, and we were happy, and that was the name of our life. But there was a point in the historical millennial time frame that things changed. And when the change came, we didn't always respond to the change. Because part of our life is to understand that God is the same yesterday today, and forevermore. I'm not going to preach that God has not been the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm not even going to move away from that theological understanding. But our God is a dynamic God. Our God is a living God. Our God is an awesome one. He will meet us each where we are at the same time. He will meet us in well. He will meet us on the corner. He will meet us at the school district. He will meet us at our house. He will meet us on the altar. He will meet us at the park. He will meet us in the house. He will meet us around the corner. He will meet us anywhere. Because he knows that he is able to reach us right where we are. He knows that there is forgiveness. He knows that he offers a gift of good grace. And let somebody sit here and say, Well, I don't know if I'm included in the circle. Okay. Well, I stopped here this morning to say there's not a thing that God is not wanting and desiring to forgive. He will meet us at the margin. He will meet us inside. He will meet us close to the loop. He will meet us at the loop. He will meet us at the hospital. He will meet us in the hospital. He will meet us at the doctor's office. He will meet us in the principal's office. He will meet us on our job. He will meet us off the He will meet us in the bedroom. He will meet us in the bedroom. He will meet us anywhere we are. That's the foundation. Why is that the foundation? Because we need to understand that in order for us to really allow the love that the Holy Spirit is sending us to seep into our spirit, we have to be willing to say, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. God is
1: everywhere at every
0: time. Yeah. All the time. So there's not a location. There was a place in the city where I grew up. And my grandmother, up the street, you get off the bus at this corner. And my grandmother would say, don't you step around the other corner. Because that is the bottom of the earth. All right.
1: All right. And the little community was
0: called the bottom, And it had a real hard drop in the hill. And when it snowed, we used to say the people was locked down in the bottom. <laughs> and my grandma said, don't you go over there. And one day I just wanted to ease over to the edge of the street. I didn't want to go round the corner. I just wanted to move.
1: <laughs>
0: Check out the bottom. And my grandmother was already at her porch. She had porch. She had white porcelain steps. She knew exactly what time the bus would come. She knew when we would get off the bus. And she was standing at the corner. Before I could put my toe on the set, she had already in gray. And she said, I saw you leaning towards the bottom. And you need to understand, regardless of where God will meet you, I need him to meet you right here. I didn't think I had leaned that hard. <laughs> I thought I had to ease into the building. <laughs> Work it out. But she had seen me leaning to the point that she didn't appreciate my disobedience. Yeah. And so the first thing I want to talk about, when you have a love relationship with Jesus Christ, you've got to get truthful where you are.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You just have to. There's no misunderstanding that love and charity and hope, they all work together. And the scripture says, love is all, and it is the greatest of them all. But there's evil places. There's hate in places. There's arrogance in places. And then there's plain old life curiosity. Curiosity wanted me to see the bottom. (laughs) I'm just a leaner. But so my grandmother said I mmm, not doing my watch. Not in my lifetime. Now if you get down on the bottom when you're grown, that's your business. But as long as I'm living on this corner and I'm running over here, you'll never see the bottom. Because if I have to come to the bottom and get you, the Lord will need to meet you there. Because I will put a hurting on you in the bottom and you'll never want to go back again. You talk about Jesus on
1: earth.
0: I knew God had been in my parents. And I'm not sure they stayed all the time, but
1: they had a lot of visitations. And
0: because of that, there was a healthy understanding that you were mature in Christ. So part of getting honest with God and part of building a relationship is the willingness to be honest with where you are. The church job description says that we are to make disciples for who?
1: Christ. Jesus
0: Christ. It's not disciples. and don't get me wrong. We want to be good disciples for Miss Butler. Ms. Butler's a great woman. But he doesn't say he's making disciples for Miss Butler. But when Miss Butler's all her ministry, the understanding is part of that ministry's responsibility is to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Part of that ministry is to help people and young people learn how to praise the Lord. That that praise would invite somebody else and say, will you praise the Lord? That praise would invite somebody else and say, huh, if that God can do it and that boy can do it, I can go up there and do something to praise the Lord. I can serve what the Lord says, serve. But it's through our obedience and through our truthfulness, that we can allow God to meet us and that the transformation of our hearts, our minds, and our souls will come. And the quote that was said about the hip-hop generation will not be a quote that's just sitting out there in infinitum, just hanging out there in the air. It is a quote that will bring to us an understanding that our young people desire to know God too. If you are 70, you've been 69. If you're 69, you've been 29. If you're 29, you've been 19. And somewhere between 19 and 35, there are decisions that we make in our life. And sometimes those decisions can cause us lifelong challenges. And sometimes those decisions will cause us lifelong greatness. But it's until we live that part of life, sometimes we don't know how great God is. Because the truth be told, at 19, you think you put a dogs on great too.
1: Brand new out the house. Got the first suitcase. I think
0: I'll go somewhere today. And I'll have to ask nobody. I mean, you just get your old mindset. You get the yeah. swaying. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, I'm 19. Yeah. Got it going on. Yeah. And you can't even see the mat truck that getting ready to run you over. But that's all right. <laughs> you still got it going on. You just watching it. Got me a new job, got my first check. And then you look up and you say, who's biker. Why did biker take all my money? <laughs> that's right. I don't know who they are. Okay, can I get in touch with him to get a refund? No, you can You see that person who's 69, they need you to keep working. Because your happening is helping them in the name of Jesus. Keep the cycle going. That's why you don't get it until you're 64. And then the closer you get to 64, you might not get it to 69. And after a while, it might be the time you millennials get that We might have moved it up legislatively to 75. (laughs) Ain't democracy great, ain't it? But we need to know, wanna know God. And then in knowing God, we need to really say, I'ma tell the truth and make room. There was a movie when I was growing up called Cooley High. That'll tell you how old I was, how old I am. And guess what? When it came out of these I was like, "Woo!" I didn't know it had came out that year. <laughs> Mercy. But there's a film, there's a spot in the movie where the brother said, we going to hold out and do this for brother so-and-so. You may wonder why I brought out that for. They had relationship, they had friendship. But they was also drinking buddies. And sometimes we have relationships when we come to the Lord. We are challenged by those relationships. We're not better than it. We're just a little different. And we say, well, I don't want to come yet to Christ because I'm really not finished yet with my drinking. Because the Scripture says, I ought need to be sober as long as I drink just enough to stay under the sobriety line. I ought to be all right this is not a sermon about AA or staying sober it's a sermon about loving the Lord and we have to understand that
1: chemicals
0: impact our feet chemicals impact our wisdom and how we walk out our walk chemicals will make our mouth loose sometimes they say he was a sweet drunk she was a kind drunk person I've heard that. Well, the best one is, she was a functional alcoholic. Newsflash. God is often healing in every form and fashion that we need. So if that's the thing that keeps you from Because you didn't have a tip before you came here, please. Hmm. God will save you in your tip and remove the tip from you in the future and set you on solid ground. But that won't be your sweet taste no more. That won't be your self of fiction. That won't be what you desire. He will remove the dressing, the sulking, the doping, and any other thing that is not of Him. He will take away the sin of whatever your
1: situation
0: is. And there's some sin that we think. Our comfortable sins. Our righteous sins. Our arrogant sins. Our hatred and evil. The scripture talks about that's not of God either. But when you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it tells all about love, but you get down to verse 11, and it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. But then I put away my childish sin. Everybody is called into a relationship. Of maturity, because he expects us to recognize that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the only one. We can't get right and then come to God. God has to get us right and, and bring us to Him. We cannot do it by ourselves. I don't care how much he says. I don't want to stop all of this foolishness, and, and then I'm coming to church because my my
1: people
0: said I ought to be in church every Sunday Newslash. can't get straight by yourself can't get straight alone can't get wrong alone can't get on the right track by yourself because God will go to the top of the hill go to the bottom of the hill come to the classroom come to your bedroom come to your heart because he wants us with him why is that important? because the power of the Lord. We even allow a prophet to speak in their hometown. And even if everybody doesn't hear, the prophet will still say, thus saith the Lord. The prophet will speak unto the ills and situations. Even if the hometown or the hometown or the hometown or the hometown of the hometown is not ready to receive it yet. Well, you see, you have to understand that even if you don't like a situation, God calls each of us into the power source of love. No. Pam, this is time of confession. Were you perfect when you were 12? No. Did you hear that? Soon did you I heard songs just say a little whisper on me because they sit next to their
1: children. No. <laughs> did God forgive
0: you? Amen. Why are you afraid sometimes? because you don't want your children to make the same mistakes that you made. So out of love, out of that maturity, sometimes you will snatch a child and you will force them into exactly what you used to do. I'm not saying don't talk about life. Tell them the testimony. Tell them the truth. They can, I mean, they hear it and you ain't saying it because Miss so-and-so done told all your business. I don't know if they ever told you about this in Uncle Pookie. Oh, you didn't know I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. But tell your children so your family can get your generational curses broken and you can get free to really love the Lord and let the Lord love you to receive the love from one another. As I said earlier, we are here to love each other. Don't just say it with your fingers behind your back like this.
1: I love you.
0: Tell the truth. Get plugged into the power, so so you can love like you've never loved before. Come and understand that God has said the prophetic word doesn't cause us to reject one another. The prophetic word calls us into a love relationship of truth, grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness. Amen. Why now? Because based on this article. There's still a lot of rejection going on in the 21st century. All of it isn't over color. All of it isn't over isms. Some of it is right here in the house. And I'm not just talking about any house. I'm talking about all houses. We make some things in ways that are challenging. So the point of this message today is if you really say, you love the Lord, then live it, accept yourself, forgive yourself, go to God and say, you know, I need a do-over, and I need to start right now. Today is a chance to turn to the person sitting beside you, but maybe you haven't told them before that you love them. This is a chance to call Aunt Sonny and Uncle Bubba and whomever else in your family that you just cut them off. You just cut them off. You say, you know what? I can't deal with you no more. You just cut off. I'm asking you to plug back into the power source of love. Love them like you never loved them before. Love them through truth. Love them through honesty. Love them through acceptance. Love them through forgiveness. But before you put the plug all the way in. Say, God, thank you for making me this day. God thank you for allowing me to plug into the source. God, thank you for speaking to my situation. God, thank you for removing my unbelief. God, thank you for touching my heart. God, thank you for touching my mind. God, thank you for making my soul. God, thank you for these children. God, thank you for the gratitude. God, thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for all that you've done don't know. Oh, my God this time, I don't care how weak it's got I tell you this thing, God. I don't even care I love ever again, in the name of Jesus, to God be the glory, will you stand with me, and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, don't sing it like this is
1: song.